Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come here today, Father, we're seeking your word. We're seeking your knowledge. We're seeking your comfort. We're seeking your love. We want to raise you up. We want to promote you where you need to be. We want you to change our lives. We want you to be in us so filling that we cannot contain you and that you just flow from every pore of our body. Everything we do becomes what you have us to do. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Bless the word that's going to be preached today. Bring us to an understanding. Open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. And Father, change something in us that makes us more of what you need us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know this is the first Sunday and we got business to take care of, but I got some more business to take care of first. Y'all go ahead and sit down. I'll call you when I'm ready. Sometimes, turn me down just a little bit because I'm probably going to get really loud. I am preaching. <laughs> Just turn me down. Okay, Mark just showed me a card before we start preaching. If you're new here for the first time, raise your hand. Mark, get two. Give them the cards. Y'all fill those cards out. We need your information, mainly your date of birth, social security number, address, phone number, just basic, just basic information. <laughs> okay, now. Rewind, restart. Y'all ready? Take two. I know that traditionally we do a lot of things different on the first, but today we're going to do something totally different. I'm, I woke up this morning, and I listened, to my, I listened to my heart. And my heart said, who are you listening to? I want you to think about that for a minute. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the gossips? Are you listening to the doubters? Are you listening to people that are trying to cause trouble? Are you listening to Satan himself? Are you listening to God, what he's telling you? How many of y'all can honestly say that every voice in your head is from God? How do you know when it comes from God and when it comes from something else? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something this morning. You ready? This is a this is a nugget that you can carry with you for the rest of your life. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not from God. If it goes against what God teaches, it's not from God. If it's self lifting. It's not from God. Do you understand that? That makes sense? When did all this come to real? When did people start realizing this? When did people really start realizing that all the voices we hear, whether in our head or in our ears, or on the television or on the radio or at our workplace or even in our churches, not everything we hear 
has value. There's a lot of things we hear that has a destructive value. Where does destruction value come from? It comes from the devil. It's the devil's way to divide us like this aisle divides these groups of people. Gossip will divide you. Complaining all the time will divide you. Negative stuff, whether it's good or bad, negative stuff will divide you. Politics will definitely divide you. The government will divide you. Sometimes teaching from other pastors will divide you. But where does the biggest division come from? Inside yourself. You're dealing with two principalities here, aren't you? The principality of Satan, all he wants to do for you is separate you from God. My favorite verse in the whole world, he come to seek, destroy, to kill. But I have come that you may have life more abundant. Why is he, what is he trying to seek first off? Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. He's looking for your weakness. Your weakness. What is your weakness? Is it money? Possessions? Emotions? What is your weakness? He's looking for a weak spot in your life that he can reach in there Grab you and say, come with me. Why does he want to do that? He wants to separate you from God. He's looking for your weakness to find out what he can use against you. What's he trying to destroy? Your faith. Your trust in God. Your joy. Your happiness. He will use things that were meant for good and turn it into bad. Y'all hear me? He will make something that was intended by somebody to be for the good, but the devil will twist it and turn it and make it bad. Does he have that ability? Oh, we don't have to let him. He'll do it. He will do it whether we let him or not. That's his job. That's who he is. The Bible calls Satan the father of lies, the father of dissension, the father of hatred. The devil cannot love anybody. Everything Satan does is not for love. It's to hurt, destroy, to kill, to maim, and to separate. What can, what, guys, I don't even know how to articulate this. What can Satan use against you today that will get in your head so bad that it will separate you from hearing the Word of God this morning? Or separate you from hearing the truth of God this morning? Or better than that, separating you from hearing from God at all? What can he do to do that with you? Y'all probably got a list this long, don't you? 
Mine is about 20 pages of things he can do to upset my apple cart. He can make me, I can get up in the morning joyful, rejoicing, praising God, singing praise to God in my bedroom, which is the best place for me to sing praise because nobody hears it but me. <laughs> but I can celebrate God. Put my clothes on, leave my bedroom, and within 30 minutes, I can be totally separated from that joy that I had. And all it takes is one thing to go wrong. Am I the only one in here that feels that sometimes? You can have your heart set on having a great day. And one thing happens. One little minute thing happens. And you lose all concept of joy, happiness, peace, all that. It could be as simple as somebody running out in front of you in an intersection. Or somebody cutting you off as you're trying to make a turn. Or it could be a major thing. I'm... It could be anything, right, buddy? It could be coworkers that don't do their job. It could be anything that steals your joy. My question, your kids, oh, God. We ain't going to talk about kids. <laughs> kids can make you want to commit suicide, okay? Kids can make you want to commit murder. Right, Mom? Yeah. <laughs> I understand this. I can understand all of these things. But what I can't understand is once you've learned how to handle it better, why don't you? Why don't you put Satan where Satan belongs? Where does Satan really belong in my life? Not even close to me. He should not even be allowed to be in the building with me. I can rebuke him and run him out of this building with one simple phrase. Get thee behind me, Satan. In the name of Jesus, be gone. And if you truly believe you have that power, he got to go. he got to go, and he can't come back Oh, fix preach something. He can't come back until you invite him back. Ooh. Y'all didn't get that, did you? Let me say that again. He can't come back until you invite him back. And how do we invite him back? That guy in that that guy in that Ford Mustang that pulled out in front of me and slammed on his brakes and I got all upset and yelled at him. That co-worker that came in late and caused me to have to do an extra five minutes worth of work I didn't have to do. Or, you, you put a name to it, okay? Y'all name something that, that just aggravates the living daylights out of you. My coffee pot didn't percolate fast enough this morning. <laughs> My drip coffee pot didn't drip fast enough. What does it take to upset your apple cart? I'm going to tell you what it takes to upset your apple cart. You ready? Listen to me. The voices you listen to in your head. What voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the devil telling you stuff? 
are you listening to God telling you stuff? Pretty heavy, isn't it? Pretty heavy stuff. Well, JR, you don't understand. I want to do this and I want to do that and everything just keeps getting in my way. I'm going to give you a little tidbit of knowledge here. When things ain't going exactly the way you want it to go, maybe it's because it ain't supposed to go that way. Maybe everything that you think is doing right is not what you're supposed to be doing in the first place. But you're listening to something else in your head other than God. In 2 Corinthians, it talks to us about stress. It says, stress not over anything, but give it all to God. How many of us stress over stuff that don't belong to us? Come on, every hand in this room better be up. Because we all do it, don't we? We stress over stuff that don't even belong to us, that doesn't have any impact on us until we allow it to. We talk about things that we can control now. God puts it in your head to start talking about somebody. God does that, right? God will give you negative things to say about people. God will make you talk about something that somebody did two years ago that upsets you. Why not? Well, who's telling me to do that? Or my own self. Sometimes I let my thoughts get in my head and pollute my whole life. I'm not talking about just my day or my hour or my minute. It can pollute my whole life. When you're worrying about things that you don't have any reason to worry about in the first place, you're just giving the devil a foothold. And let me tell you something. All the devil needs is one toe. If he can hook one toe into your wall of life, he will scamper to the top so fast you don't even see it coming. And once he gets up there, what's he got then? That foothold becomes a stronghold. And he stays there for a little while, and what's it become then? A stranglehold. And he will choke the life right out of you. He will choke faith right out the window. He will choke your spirit down to where you have no spiritual value. And he'll separate you from God. And who allowed him to do it? You did. You'll take something that could be handled in two words and build a life out of it. When all you really have to say be gone. Get out. Get away from me. Go away. Not today, devil. Those things you can do so easily if you believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to have a Bible to tell me what to do. I don't have to have a preacher stepping on my toes every Sunday morning, climbing up my leg and kicking me. I don't have to have that. 
Because I have something that will make that look so penny any that it doesn't matter. You know what I have? I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says I can do all things through him. So why am I worried about that car that cut me off this morning? Or why am I worried about the coffee pot not going fast enough? Or why am I worried about the fact that my bank account is showing zero? Or maybe i got a headache. Or maybe Charlotte don't take this part. Charlotte don't like me today. <laughs> or Diane said something to me that hurt my feelings. Or J.R. preached a message that he got into my personal life and got all up in my business, and I don't want nothing to do with him no more. I don't want to hear his truth no more. Or what about that thing that your husband said to you to do, clean the kitchen up because he was aggravated? He had a little bit of aggravation going on. He told you something to do. Well, he ain't going to tell me what to do. I'm an independent woman. I do what I want to. Yeah, yeah that's what y'all say. Here now. But husband, don't laugh too hard. Because you don't respect her either. You don't do everything she needs you to do. You want a queen? Put her on a throne. Wife, you want a king? Put him on a throne. Do that submission thing. Ooh, I'm talking to somebody, and they're going to start throwing things at me. <laughs> Women are going to start chunking rocks at me, and men are going to start throwing knives and bullets and everything else. <laughs> but guess what? If the truth hurts your feelings this morning, maybe there's something in your life that you don't want to hear the truth about. Maybe you need to hear some truth because you've been living in that fantasy world of yours that thinks you're always right. God is here for one reason and one reason only. And that is for you to serve Him. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. But you are a servant to God. And how do we serve God? Obedience to the Word, God first, putting ourselves in a relationship with Him, trusting Him, praying about things, Oh, but God don't listen to my prayers. <laughs> yeah, he listens. He was say, stupid, I don't want to answering that one for you. You asking for something I ain't giving you. See, God has the answers. But it's his way, not your way. It's not about you, boo-boo. It's about what he has in mind. Oh, but J.R., I prayed about this and I prayed about it and I ain't got no answer. Maybe you did, but the devil's voice was stronger than God's voice in your head that day, and you missed it. God may have told you what to do, but you didn't like what he said. Uh-oh. He may have shown you how to get through something, and you didn't want to see it. Or maybe he's already showed you so many times how to do it, you didn't listen to him, so he said, why bother? I don't know if that's how God thinks. Ain't my place to know if that's how God thinks. 
But I can tell you this, if you keep doing the same things over and over and over and over that you've always done, you ain't got no reason to get mad at God. You keep doing the same stuff you've always done, God's not listening to me. I got a word for you this morning. It ain't God that ain't listening. It's you that ain't hearing what he's got to say. Because you don't want to hear. Oh, J.R., be careful. You don't want to hear when God goes against your will. But you'll go against his like that. Now, I know preachers are supposed to read these this book every Sunday morning and go through scriptures with you. I've given you about 19 different scriptures already this morning. I ain't looked at that book yet, have I? You know why I can give you 19 scriptures this morning? Because God said, tell them this and make them listen. Listen to what God's telling you. You know, on the day of Pentecost when Paul was preaching, Peter was preaching, I, I knew Diane could fix me. <laughs> when Peter was preaching, he was talking in his native language. He was talking in his language, but every nation and every person was represented in that day was there, and they heard what he was saying in their language, their understanding of the word. He didn't speak 27 different countries, did he? He didn't speak whatever. He talked what he's talked. And when he spoke, something happened inside of them that's hard to understand. How did he speak in all those different languages at one time? He didn't speak in 14 different verses, versions of the language. He didn't speak in nine different countries' understandings. He spoke one understanding, and that was the understanding of what God put in his heart to say. God opened the ears of the people, and they heard it through the Holy Spirit, not through his languages. Can you hear God this morning? Can you hear God talking to you right now? Is God telling you something right now? Now, I'm talking in Texas, Texas, Mississippi, and y'all probably don't understand me all the way. I use words that y'all probably ain't never heard in your whole entire life, most especially if you're from California. <laughs> I'm sorry, Californians. But I speak Texan. I speak redneck country biker. You know why I speak redneck country biker? Because that's what I is. So if you don't understand me, you don't understand the words coming out of my mouth, you better tap in and listen to what the Holy Spirit's got to say. Because God's going to use this country boy talking to touch somebody's heart this morning. Just like he did on the day of Pentecost. Does God have that ability? God can open doors that you don't even know that are there. But I tell you, there's a secret about God. What He opens for you, He can slam a shut on your toe just as fast as He opened it. And when does God slam doors shut? 
when you don't obey him. Let me say that again. He shuts them doors when you quit obeying him. When you start becoming me, I want, I need, I want this, I'm going to get this, I did this, look what I've done. When I get in front of God, he says, I am. You ain't. He is the great I am. You are the great you want to be. And as long as you keep wanting to be him, there's only one result from that. You want me to tell you what that result is? Y'all ready for this? When you put your place, when you put yourself before God, I only know one other thing, one other creator, one other part of the creation that ever did that. He put himself before God. And God kicked him out of heaven and sent him to hell. And he'll be there for eternity. Oh, J.R., you're preaching on stuff you don't need to be preaching on now. You're touching ground now that you ain't supposed to touch. Let me tell you something, folks. If you came here to get kissed with a sweet mouth, you're in the wrong place. Because there ain't no sugar on these lips. Because the Word of God is sweet on the ears of the believers and the followers and the people that are obedient to God. But God's words can be just as bitter and sour and sting so bad to the hard-hearted and the people that don't want to hear it. <sighs> Y'all ready, ready for my sermon today? <laughs> Y'all ready for my scripture, my sermon that I had lined out for the day? Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. E-P-H-E-S-I-A-N-S. -E Ephesians. Tim, you can talk Louisiana to somebody else, not to me. <laughs> All right. Chapter 2, verse 12 says this. Y'all ready? That, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants and promises, having no hope without God in the world. Now listen. But now in Christ Jesus, who once was far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the, mid the middle walls of separation. Ooh, I'm preaching something now, ain't I? Having established in his flesh the enemy, that is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinance so as to create in himself one, New man from the two, thus making peace. Y'all get that? Do y'all understand what he said there? That wall that divides you, that wall that separates you from your peace, if you give your life to Christ, that wall will be torn down. And you no longer have to deal with, with the fence. 
Ooh, going back to old days, ain't it? He's going to tear that fence down if you allow him to. He will break that fence away from you. What fence is J.R. talking about? I'm talking about the fence that you were behind when you were lost in the, in the world. And then you heard somebody talking about God. And you did something really remarkable. You climbed up on the fence. And you're sitting there with one foot in hell and one foot in heaven, and you're sitting on the fence. And you're sitting there going, I got this. I can fix this. I can live this life. I can listen to these voices over here and these voices over here. And I can choose the one I want to listen to. I preach this so many times, I got it memorized just about. Get off the fence and get into heaven where you belong because the fence belongs to the devil. And as long as you're sitting on the fence, you're still going to hell. Period. End the story, right? But can you destroy your own fence? The book just told me Christ has to destroy that fence. And how do I get Christ to destroy that fence? I listen to what He has to say. I hear His voice, not the devil's voice. I listen to what God tells me to do, not what the world tells me to do. I listen to what Christ tells me to do, not what my mother told me to do. I listen to what Christ told me to do, not what people tell me is right. I listen to the Word of God, and I get the Word of God that's right in my life, and I listen to that Word, and I don't worry about what somebody else thinks about it. I don't worry about somebody else's opinion of what I should be doing. I listen to what God tells me to do. I'm saying I a lot. But I can replace I with you. You need to listen to what God's telling you to do. You need to do what God's telling you to do. You need to live for God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. You need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. You need to walk in the Holy Spirit. You need to listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you and stop worrying about, well, they might not like me. I'd rather not be liked by a bunch of people and be loved by God. Y'all got me? Y'all feel what I'm saying here? Oh, yes. It's important. Don't, get, don't walk out of here saying Jared said he didn't care what anybody else thought about him. Because the Bible tells me this. I have to present myself worthy of God. I have to walk where I'm worthy of calling Him Savior. I have to walk in obedience to Him. And that's loving my neighbor as I love myself. Can you love somebody you don't like? Can you love somebody you don't agree with? Most of y'all have been married for at least 20 years. So I know you can. You can love somebody you don't always agree with, right? You can love somebody that you don't always get along with. I'm going to tell you something. I want you to listen to me very strongly on this. God will love you no matter what you do. But because God loves you, if you're disobedient to Him, and you don't do what He tells you to do, and you don't follow what He teaches, He'll send you straight to hell so fast your eyes will roll back. Because the book says, if you don't be obedient to me, I will blot you from the book of life. I don't know about y'all. I've been blotted from bars. I've been blotted from restaurants. I got blotted from the city. 
I got ran out of town by the local sheriff. I've been blotted from a lot of things. But there's one thing that I'd never want to be blotted from, and that's the book of God, the book of life. And the only way I can stay unblotted is obey his word. Oh, so being me and obedient to God, I go around talking about people, right? Oh, come on. I can go around spreading rumors, right? I can go around talking about how somebody, you should have saw what they were wearing in church today. Oh, I can't? Well, they said something last week that hurt my feeling. Man, y'all are hurting my feelings. You mean I can't do all that stuff and be obedient to God? Then why do you do it? Why do you do it if I can't do it? You're just as much a Christian as I am, right? You love God just as much as I do, right? You're washed in the same blood I'm washed in, but I can't do it. What makes you think you got the right? Stop it. Stop it. Stop spreading rumors. Stop gossiping. Stop talking about people behind their back. Because I guarantee you this, if somebody talks behind your back, you're going to get mad at an old wet hen. Ain't you? You're going to be upset about it. Love your neighbors. You want to be loved. Whew. Just turned that around on you, didn't I? You want to live that kind of life? Go ahead. But don't get mad at God when you don't get blessed. Don't get mad at God when things don't go your way. I know, Jared, I probably made some enemies this morning, but guess what, folks? Truth hurts. Ask less. He tells everybody I'm a, th a stone-throwing preacher. He's rocking back and forth back here now, dodging rocks. <laughs> but you know what? Les takes what he hears and he applies it to his life. I've watched him over the last six years where he went from, whew, never mind what he was, to what he is today. He ain't that person no more. Oh, Les may have done some things in his past that he ain't proud of, but I bet you've done some things in your past you ain't proud of either. My question to you is this. You ready? You ready for this? Pick your shoes up a little bit. Don't put all the weight on your feet. Why are you still allowing yourself to be that way? Why are you still doing it? You see, Les had something going for him. Les had an encounter with God. Les met Jesus Christ. He turned his life over to him. And then Les did something remarkable. He stopped being Les and started being Les. Not the old Les. The new less. And the new less is better than the old less. Just like the old J.R. Y'all don't want to know that guy. That's David. <laughs> Y'all don't want to know that man. Lion will go to hell just as fast as anything else will. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> that's a whole different sermon. <laughs> That goes right along with what I'm talking about today. Sarcasm. Be careful. 
because sarcasm is right next to lying. Just because the truth is out there don't mean God needs you to go around spreading it. <laughs> Did I say something bad? I'm sorry. Just because you know something about somebody don't mean God needs you to go out there and talk to them about it. There's an old country song out there. It's called Mrs. Johnson. Have you ever heard that song? Self-righteous woman. Lord knows what he's doing. He don't need you going around telling the whole town. Your job ain't to be the town crier. Your, town, your job is to be the town prayer. You need to be praying for the town. Stop spreading gossip. Stop lying to people. Start listening to the voices, the right voices in your head. The right voice says, no matter what you've done to me, i got to forgive you. No matter what you said about me, i still got to forgive you. No matter how bad you hurt my feelings, i still got to forgive you. No matter what you did to me when I was a little kid, i still got to forgive you. No matter what you put me through, i still got to forgive you. Because the book right here says, if I don't forgive you, God can't forgive me. If you're walking around with unforgiveness in your life today, don't get mad at God because you don't feel good. You got low self-esteem? It ain't God's fault. God's not got low self-esteem. He knows exactly who he is. Do you? Do you know who Jesus is this morning in your life? Do you know what he did for you? Do you have all the things you need to have? I challenge you this morning. If you don't know what your value is, you're not going to know what voices to listen to. If you don't know you're a child of God, you're not going to know his voice. And you'll be listening to that devil for the rest of your life. Y'all understand me? I know that's harsh. But we got to hold up a minute. I forgot something. Y'all know me, right? I'm closing. So it may take another hour. <laughs> Fix the clothes, I promise. Mike, Tony. This morning, I've talked to you a lot about truth, haven't I? I've talked to you about voices in your head. I read you some scriptures about what God promised us. Are you willing today to accept that? Are you willing today to change your thinking? Are you willing to become a better person? Are you willing to stand up and say, I'm done with that old life. I want a new one. And if you can do that, you will receive something today that you've never had before. Huh? I'm still talking. I'll not at you when I'm ready. Today is the day that you can change your life. You can accept Christ this morning if you haven't ever done it. If you have accepted him at some point in your life, but you ain't been listening to him, and you want to start, today can be the first day of your new life. You can give your life to God. Really give your life to God today. 
Make that commitment that I'm going to serve God the way God told me to. The way God wants it done, not the way I want to do it. Because I promise you this, God's ways are a lot better than yours. And if you've got a loose mouth, tighten it up. If you've got loose thinking, I call that stinking thinking, unstink it. Clean it up. Well, Jerry, I've been this way my whole life. No kidding. <laughs> really? When you accepted Christ, you've got a new life. And you've got a clean life. You've got a forgiven life. But here you go with that nice, clean spirit, that nice, clean heart, and that forgiven of sin. And you want to keep doing the same thing you've always been doing? What's going to happen to your brand new spirit and your brand new heart? You're going to dirty it up just like you did the first one because you ain't changed nothing. Accepting Christ is salvation. Being obedient to the Word of God is the right thing to do. I can be saved and bust hell wide open. You know why I know I know I know that? Because it tells me so in this book. It tells me I got to behave myself and I got to obey God and I got to do what God called me to do. There's going to be some change in my life. If I did that prayer on a Sunday morning and I, I felt that conviction and I felt that, that hurt inside of me that said, you need to go give your life to God. And I went up there and I gave my life to God. And I said that prayer of forgiveness and I asked God to come into my life. And I walked out that door. I went right back out there in that world doing the same stinking stuff I've been doing my whole life. How much truth was in my conviction? How saved was I? How did it affect me? God said we're judged by our fruits. Is your fruit dirty? Is your fruit full of worms? Has your fruit got a bitter taste to it? Does your fruit have gossip in it? Bad mouthing? Bad language? Maybe it's got a little whiskey taste to it, or maybe it's got a little marijuana taste to it, or maybe it's got a little whatever you're doing taste to it. You ain't got a new heart, do you? Because you just messed it up. Now, can that be fixed? A shadow of doubt it can be fixed. Because all you got to do is humble yourself and turn from your evil ways. I will hear your prayers, and I will heal your land. All right, let's get on with business. Y'all are wearing me out today. <laughs> Jesus had 12 disciples, right? And he knew that what was coming. He knew his life was on this earth was fixing the end. He had an advantage over us, didn't he? He knew the time, the date, and the place, and how it was going to take place. And he knew it was coming. He told his 12 disciples to go into the upper room and prepare the feast of the Passover. He knew death was coming. They didn't understand it. He did. And he knew that he wanted to share one more meal with them before he died. So he told them to go into the room, prepare the meal. They prepared the table. They ate of all the fruits and all the 
bitter weeds and all the stuff they're supposed to have. And at the end of the meal, which was the tradition, not like Texas where we eat biscuits with every bite, <laughs> he took the bread and he broke it. And before he handed it out, he prayed over it. He said, Father, this is my body that I am giving for them. It will be broken and beaten for their sicknesses, their illnesses, and all their transgressions. And he told his disciples, take and eat of my body. After they ate of his body, he knew at that point, he picked up the cup, and he said, this cup represents the blood that I'm going to spill to wash away your sins and to seal the covenant between you and my Father. And he prayed over it, and he said, Dear Heavenly Father, this is the blood that I will shed for forgiveness of their sins. He looked at the disciples and said, Take and drink. And when they finished drinking, he looked at the twelve and he said, One of you amongst us will, will betray me. He knew somebody was going to betray him. It's a bad story, isn't it? But it's also a story of his healing of our bodies, his sacrifice that he made for us. And he told us to do it often. And at this church, we do it once a month, which is pretty often. A lot of churches do it once a quarter. Some of them do it once a year. Some of them do it every week. But we do it once, once a month on the first Sunday of the month. And I want you to understand something. Just because you drink, you ate of that cracker and you drink of that blood, if this in here ain't right, it does nothing for you. If you don't have him living in here, he's not anywhere else in your life. And you can do all the ceremonial things you want to. We can take you out there and get that horse trough from Barbara's house and fill it up with water, hold you under till you quit bubbling. But you ain't no more saved than you were when you stepped into it. Well, Tim, we tried to give you a bath once a year, but you won't let us. <laughs> Listen to me, listen to me close. God's words is God's words. His truth is his truth. His voice is his voice. And he said something very relevant to y'all. My children will know my voice. If you ain't heard God's voice, ooh, I'm going to get nasty and mean here. You don't hear God talking to you? You don't hear his voice? Maybe you are not God's child yet. Maybe you need to reevaluate your walk with God. Did you really accept Christ or not? Have you really become a child of God? You see, there's only two people in this world that know that. Y'all ready? You and God. Y'all the only two that know. If you don't know Jesus, right now today, this hour, right this moment, the Holy Spirit is telling you, give yourself to me. 
I got a suggestion for you. Do it. Stop putting it off. Stop putting it off till tomorrow, next week. Oh, I got plenty of time. I'm young. I want to party. I want to play. I want to have all the fun. I want to do all this. I want to do that before I give my life to God because once I give my life to God, all that ends, right? <laughs> For me, it just began. But I look at things differently than I did back when I was lost. Oh, preacher, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You're right. I don't know you. I don't know everything you've done. But I know somebody that does. There's two people that knows everything you've done. You and God. If you two can come to agreement of forgiveness, guess what? I'm good with that. I don't have to know your past to love you. I don't have to know your past to call you brother. I don't have to know your past to call you sister. But in order for God to call you a child of God, you've got to change your life. You've got to accept Christ as your Savior. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Bubba, drop a beat for me. I want you to listen to it. I want you to stop listening to my words this morning. I know y'all don't hear that very often. But I want you to stop listening to me this morning. And I want you to have a conversation between you and your God. And I want you to listen to His voice. I want you to do what He tells you to do. Just listen to Him. Dear Heavenly Father God, I want you to examine each heart in this room. I want you to look at each person. I want you to tap into what they need today. Whether it's financial healing, health healing, family healing, relationship healing, whatever it is that they need in their lives today, I want you to touch them right now. Father, if they have problem with gossiping fix it they have a problem with pornography fix it they have a problem with fornication fix it if they don't know what gender they are fix it if they don't know what their calling in life is show them show each person in this room what they need to do and everybody that's listening to my voice show them what to do you are my God you are my Savior. You are my answer to all problems. And I ask you to touch other people's lives that way. You're in here right now in this room and you have never accepted Christ. 
Right now, your heart's telling you, you need to get right with God. Right now, you need to rededicate yourself to doing what you promised him you would do a long time ago. You ain't been doing it. Whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstances are, you can fix it right now. Just by saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my ways. I seek your wisdom. And I want you to forgive me and help me. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, you need help, you need somebody to talk to, just get up, come on up here. Kneel down at these altars. Just put your face to that wall and talk to the one that can really help you. That can change who you are and what you are. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Because there ain't a person in this room that don't need to be up here. It's just, are you willing to sacrifice yourself for it? Are you willing to step forward and say, God, I need you today. God, I need to be a part of this movement. Let, let revival start right now in your life. It'll spread throughout this building. It'll spread throughout this city. It can spread throughout this state, this country, and this world. But it starts with you. You be obedient to what God's telling you to do. Each person at these altars, just pray out to your prayer. Don't worry about us. We're here for you. We'll be here until you get done. We're not in a hurry. We don't rush God around here. When God's moving, let him move. If you're sitting there right now and you ain't moved yet, but you think, I need to, get up. Move on it. Let God be a part of your life today. We got to learn who God is. We got to learn it. We got to learn what He does in our lives. And who is He? And the only way you're going to learn who God is and what He does in your life is by you committing yourself. You got to make a commitment. First off, you got to make a commitment to believe in Him. Then you got to make a commitment to be obedient to Him. And how do you find out how to be obedient to God? Monday, uh, Tuesday night men's study. Men, come in here and learn how to be men. Wednesday night, come and do a Bible study with Jimmy. Oh, I forgot to tell you all that this morning during the announcements. Jimmy is taking back over the Wednesday night Bible studies. Come and learn something from Jimmy that he's teaching. Jimmy's a good teacher. He has a lot of knowledge. Come and listen to him. And then Thursday night, there's a little lady that comes in here on Thursday night that has more historical Christian value than anybody I know. She can tell you more about stuff that I can't even tell you about. Come on Thursday night. If you, oh, yeah. if you're too lazy to get up and come up here, or you live too far away, well, that's lazy. Ain't no such thing as too far. Because I guarantee you, 
they have a sale at Walmart, 50% off, you'll be there. No matter how far you got to go to go to that Walmart, right? They have gasoline for $2 a gallon. You'll drive 50 miles to go get it. But the word of God's being taught. You might say that's too far. Anyway, I, I was going somewhere. I was doing Bible studies, wasn't I? Thursday night, Diane teaches a wonderful class here. She's a strong teacher. And then, like I say, if you can't come, at least Zoom it. If you're smarter than me and you know how to use a computer and know how to do all that stuff, it's probably a great thing. I've never done a Zoom in my life. I wouldn't even know how to begin. And I know, I'll teach you how. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like trying to teach a cat not to meow because I don't do Internet stuff. And then Friday night, there's a really cool class here. The guy that teaches that class is so cool. He is probably the most loving, caring person y'all know. But we do a thing called word association. And what we do is we take a word that we use every day. Something that probably comes out of your mouth every day of your life. And we break that word down and learn what it means and how God uses it. Because you know what's really cool, and I found this out over the last year? There are so many words that we throw out there, we have no idea what they mean. We have no idea where it came from. God's calling. <laughs> All right. Listen. We've had a great time, hadn't we? If you had a good time in the house of God today, say amen. amen. If you're ready to go home, say amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas, 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.